I think they are continuing to shoot themselves in the foot, and I'm surprised they have any bullets left. Well, unfortunately, I am a, a Knicks bandwagoner, which has been a very, very poor choice on my end. So. We never claim to be the most original, except when we're talking about, like, Colin Cowherd. Clearly, he gets all his ideas from us. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Expansion Buddies podcast. We're in March already. It's crazy. Plugging along with another episode. Happy Thursday. How's it going, Justin? Oh, it's been a long day. We're recording much later than we usually do because I was at school for a long time today. No worries. You um, cannot keep this train down. We'll record no matter when. Except for that one week that we took a week off. True. That was Christmas. Christmas can keep us down, but yeah. Nothing else. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's I think it's gonna be a fairly short episode though today, Jared. It's it's been a pretty quiet all things considered in the sports world. I mean, yeah. I'm sure there's you know, the basketball, I guess, but I mean, oh, we'll, we'll get to the, all of our college basketball fans. Hold out one more week. Well, we've got a treat for you next week. Uh, yeah, it's been outside of college basketball, kind of a quiet week. We honestly didn't know what we'd talk about, but once again, there's some more news in the NFL that we're going to touch on today. And do you want to tell the good people what that news is? Yeah, so the big one out of out of Texas right now is Dak Prescott's new deal. Dak Prescott got his contract finally with the Cowboys. Um and I think Yeah, he got a I I I have some thoughts on it, I should say. So the the specifics of the deal is he got a four year hundred and sixty million dollar deal, if I remember correctly. Yeah, hundred and sixty million. With Dallas, uh, my initial takeaways of this is first off, happy for Dak uh, because after that horrible, horrible injury this last season, I I didn't know if the team was going to pull the trigger on him like this. I didn't know if they would shell out. You know, that's an injury that you don't always come back better from. But I'm happy for him that he got his big payday. But I think it puts a lot of pressure on both parties here. Yeah, I'm glad you looked that up. Um, I was, you may not have noticed, but I did not know the, I did not remember the uh, the deals. And I was trying to silently type Dak Prescott contract <laughs> into my keyboard. Uh, uh, yeah, I think, so I, I have mixed emotions about this. One, I am happy for Dak because I think he's a heck of a nice guy. And I do think he deserves a contract. Um. I, I question the Cowboys logic, I guess a little bit. I mean, this is just in general though, why they wouldn't give it to him last year and instead held until this year. Cause I, I thought, I think he deserved the contract last year more than anything. I like that a lot, but is he going to pay the dividends that the Cowboys are expecting with this kind of contract? That is the big question. Uh, I like what you said about, him not getting the deal last year. That was one of the big stories of the off season last, uh, last summer was, you know, him and Dallas kind of add ends over that sort of money. And I remember a lot of people then kind of said, well, I don't get why Dax asking for that kind of money. He hasn't done anything to show that he has, uh, is that caliber of a quarterback. I, obviously he's a starting caliber caliber quarterback in the NFL. Yes. There's no question about that. Uh, I like the guy too. There are some 
question marks though. I mean, let's be real. This is a team that under Dak Prescott, I believe has only made the playoffs twice, maybe three times, uh, but haven't gone very far. Any of those three times, never made it out of the divisional round. I think what this deal does is like I alluded to earlier, it puts a lot of pressure on both parties involved here. Now let's start with the organization itself. Jerry Jones straight up admitted that he overpaid here. I mean, gasp, Jerry Jones said something like Mm -hmm. that, but I think what he said was something along the lines of I've overpaid for most things in my life that proved to be special. This is no different. And it's like, all right, uh, well, that's, it's like you said, you question their logic a little bit in doing that. Not so much because of Prescott's injury that he suffered last season, at least for me. I think it's just, he, no, it's, I, I, he needs to prove himself in yeah. the, in the big moments. Yeah. He's not really an injury prone quarterback. Um, he's, he's no Carson Wentz in that regard. Um, but he, so we look at his freshman year, um, his rookie <laughs> year when he came in had a phenomenal, a phenomenal start to his career. Um, cause what was it? It was, uh, what was it? Uh, the giants that they only lost to won every other game except for against the giants. Yeah. They went 14 and two that year. That's right. Yeah. 14 and giants, 14 and giants. Um, the year after that, you know, the sophomore slump still pretty good. They had a winning record nine and seven. That's not a bad, you know, as far as a slump goes, that's not bad. Um, he went up in the the big negative towards him there is he threw triple the amount of interceptions. You know, he went from four to 13, but he wrangled that back in the year after back down to eight. And he's consistently been throwing 23, 22, 22 touchdowns. And then in 2019, he threw 30 touchdowns. Oh yeah. I mean, he's... Um, he, but in that you have to remember with everything going on with, um zeke that was the year that zeke had everything going on right or am i off by a year no no you're right and okay uh, i believe it was that year that he led all quarterbacks and i believe it was yards or scoring he was 100 yards short of 5,000 yards that year yeah it was crazy but with everything going on with zeke they didn't have that strong ground game and you know he was forced to play i think a lot more aggressively would be the right word as a quarterback. And he did fairly well under the circumstances. And so I, I think a lot of what we've seen as, I don't know if Dak is worthy of this money comes from the fact that he has been put in like a situation with no real ground game, but also the team that's been built around him. And I know I said earlier that I have some mixed feelings and I still do. It's I like Dak, And I do think the, the numbers support that he is, as you said, Jared, a NFL caliber quarterback and is a good quarterback. But then, you know, there's times I've watched him where I'm like, wow, I can't believe that. That's amazing play. And there's time that I think, wow. Yeah that's terrible the decision making fluctuates high with that guy but uh yeah and just talking about the cowboys organization this is not an organization where quarterbacks at least in the last two decades have 
excelled above and beyond is I think the nicest way to word that you look at Tony yeah. Romo and what he did there. I think Tony Romo is an excellent quarterback. In fact, I think he got uh, a bad rap a lot of the times for situations mm-hmm. that weren't exactly his fault. And I think you start to see that a little bit with Dak too. This is a team that is so, I, I mean, they still live in the America's team days where, you know, they're, supposedly the hot thing on TV and it's the publicity and the Jerry Jones of it all. And it's too many distractions in Dallas to really succeed, succeed. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, they make the playoffs every now and then, but it never amounts to much beyond that. And now what I'm trying to get to with this is with this contract and that kind of money over the next four years, uh, this is going to sound lofty when I say it, but the expectations are through the roof now. And I think that if Dallas does not make the playoffs in each of these four years, and it does not appear in one Super Bowl in the next four years, this contract was a massive failure. Yeah. Especially looking on the barrel of the new salary caps, when you're paying $180 million to Dak and your salary cap is 185 million. So you're paying 45 million a year to Dak Prescott. And I'm sure, you know, there might be some incentives in there for making the Super Bowl, things like that, mm-hmm. um, as there usually are. But you're paying almost a quarter of your salary cap a year to Dak Prescott. Yeah. Well, yes, he has played well, but, and I praised him just, you know, a little while ago. But if you look at that eight and eight season again, you want a quarterback to be able to rise above not having that ground game. You want him to thrive and be able to overcome that maybe more difficult, but that's what, you know, the greats will do. Mm-hmm. They will find a way to diversify them. Well, I shouldn't say they find a way they are able to diversify themselves. Um, well, but- and, and the good news is, I mean, Dak's not, going to be a one-man show in Dallas he does have Zeke he does have CD mm-hmm. Lamb you know going into his will be his second season this year uh excellent talented receiver but defensively the Cowboys are going to need to do something to help him too I mean that defense the de- yeah the defense has been abysmal but sorry I, I I apologize for interrupting but I want to point out you know they've got Zeke they've got CD Lamb but I think so much focus is put on those those um, position players and they demand such big contracts themselves. Although CeeDee Lamb's on his rookie contract, so that's not, not an issue at the moment. But that 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 offense still have to has has to have that line. They have to be able to gel. And so if you pay these big contracts to these great position players, but they don't gel or they don't have a good line to work. You're just going to see a team that is great on paper, but won't do anything. Yep. Talent is one thing. Chemistry is a completely different thing. And chemistry is going to be the thing that gets a team a lot further than just talent. Uh, But, you know, again, kudos to Dak for getting, you know, his paycheck, but the, the pressure is immensely high, not only on Dallas as a team now, but on Dak as well to succeed. You know, I just mentioned all the successes Dallas is looking for. And I think needs to have over the next four years, uh, they're going to pin much of that on Prescott. You know, they're, they said that by giving him this kind of money, but the way I look at it is this is, 
the Cowboys need to, you know, I guess flip the old saying, put their mouth where their money is now because they, this division is not good. You know, no. yes, Washington is kind of promising, but there's huge question marks still there. And definitely in New York and Philadelphia, if D- Dallas needs to, to really quite frankly, walk away with this division for a couple of years, you know, if they, if they think Dak's worth that kind of money, he's got to prove it now. And this is a team that, like I said, I think they need to make the playoffs all four of these years of this contract. Yeah. To show that they made a good investment. And again, I, I feel like I keep talking down Dak. I do like him. Um, and I, I, I'm sure I sound very wishy-washy on him right now, but it's called tough love. It, I, I kind of am wishy-washy on him though. Like, like I said earlier, I, but yeah, that's, they need to be able to show that this is a good investment. And like I said before, this show that Dak Prescott can pay dividends because if he does not produce, then that's wasted money. And we've seen it before in the NFL. We'll see it again. Well, and we've seen it a lot just in Dallas. I mean, Jerry Jones, very much takes the route of if I throw enough money at the problem, it will get fixed. And we saw that swing and miss with Romo. We saw that swing and miss with Jason Garrett as a head coach. Uh, you know, this is very, we're seeing it with Mike McCarthy as head coach. I think exactly. I mean, Dallas is such a, a, they want to be such a flashy team where the, I think they just try to load up on talent. And like we just said, talent alone does not get the job done. I mean, that year that Dallas went 14 and two, got the bye week, got the number one seed in the playoffs. What happened? They lost immediately. So Mm, they didn't lose immediately. Yeah. They got the bye week and they lost to green Bay. Was that that year? Mm -hmm. Oh, that was that year. I was thinking, sorry, a couple of years later when, yeah, they did have a playoff win. Yeah. Against, uh, against Seattle. I I remember it all too painfully, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, I don't know, Dallas, they put themselves in a very pressure filled situation over the next four years. And I think if it doesn't work out and Dak continues to be ho-hum and, you know, fine and good, but not great. I think some heads are going to roll in the Dallas front office. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that's, so this kind of leads me to another question I wanted to ask, and I kind of wanted to do this thought experiment with a few different teams down the line. Okay. But I have, I have some answers cocked and loaded as well, but what do you think that Dallas needs to do? What can Dallas do right now, either realistically or hypothetically, to be Super Bowl contenders this next year? Fix the defense. That starts with uh, either doing something in free agency here or – going after someone in the draft. I think that's, you know, they need to, that defense, as you put it, was abysmal last year. Yeah. When you, I think honestly, looking just at the onside kick that happened, yeah. that's all you need to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. That was that special teams though, I guess. So it's still, well, though, the, I just, they need to review the rules in that case, but um, and what about for the long term? What do you think is, you know, for the Cowboys as an organization, as a team, as a symbol of football, as they like to believe they are, what should they do for the their future success? They need to, I think if it doesn't work with McCarthy this year, get him out before 
it, he becomes another Jason Garrett. They had Jason I, Garrett for far too long. They need to, if, if McCarthy is not working, which I don't think he is right now, if it doesn't work this season, you need to find uh, a really solid head coach that's where it starts and, and what needs to happen and it will never happen, but it has always been my complaint with Dallas is Jerry Jones needs to, as an owner, after he hires a coach back off and let the coach run the team yeah. and do it his job. Yeah. But I mean, ever since Jerry Jones got there, he has always wanted to be the puppet master of that coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think as long as Jerry Jones is owner, we are not going to see Dallas have a strong coach because if they have a strong coach, like say, you know, we, we keep talking about him, but say he, um, the, the Cowboys hire Eric B Eric B is not going to let Jerry Jones push and pull him around and say what or what he is not going to do. I would assume, I don't actually know Eric B personally. So, uh, but I'm using him as an example. Um, or say they hire any other coach, Andy Reid, they hire Pete Carroll, they hire Kyle Shanahan. You know, those are coaches that are finding success. They are not going to let an owner tell them what to do. Because I think in every one of those situations for coaches I named, the owners just let them, you know, coach. And Well, you know, yeah, Jason Garrett was a puppet through and through. I, I hate to say that, but he was. And I found one of your wordings there very interesting. You said a, a good, strong coach. And I don't think Dallas has had a strong coach since the days of Tom Landry. And Landry mm-hmm. got fired by Jerry Jones. Yeah. So I, I mean, Landry also there near the end was doing some questionable things of his own, but not enough to, I think, um, warrant being fired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the Cowboys are always uh, – there's drama. There's never yeah. storylines. Because what what was it? It Landy is trying to run an offense with two quarterbacks, right there. I think it was there near the end, at least. I could have my dates wrong, but he had two quarterbacks that he's like, uh, for long passes, we're gonna go with this guy, and for short stuff, we're gonna go with this guy. We'll just switch him out. Yeah, yeah. It was it was something like that, and uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of Cowboys fans of old, and just football fans of old point to that moment when they either stopped being a Cowboys fan or started hating Dallas really is when Jerry Jones fired Landry. Uh, and then kind of ever since you've seen what the team has been over the last couple decades and a half. So I don't know. I don't know. It's, this is just kind of, I think another moment in the long dramatic saga of Dallas giving Dak this big deal when he really hasn't done a whole lot to, to prove that he's earned that kind of money yet. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I will fire a question back at you now, though, as it pertains to Dallas, Uh, where do you see them finishing this year, this next season? I see them at nine and seven. I think they're going to have a winning record um, because they should have a healthy Dak Prescott back. They do have CD lamb and they have Ezekiel Elliott. Um. And I'm sure there's some other offensive pieces that I'm just not thinking of because I have not gotten nearly enough sleep this week. <laughs> but those are the big three. I think that talent alone will get them their nine game wins, their nine winning games. But I think ultimately they will not be – Jerry Jones will not be able to spend enough nor do enough on the defense – 
either in the draft or in free agency to make the defense strong enough to support that offense. So I think they are going to lose some games potentially close, but I think they're going to end up, especially in the beginning of the season gassed because they're going to constantly be on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Even if they do address defense this off season, it's going to take them a little bit to gel. Um, I don't know. Dallas is, like I said, never a shortage of headlines, even in the off season, we've got another one. So congrats to Dak on the big deal. We'll see what comes of it. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to touch on real quick, um, which I've got two things speaking of quarterbacks. One we talked about a little bit and another one that I want to say uh, with this new $185 million cap limit. I think we're going to see teams get a lot more stingy with their quarterbacks. Cause the last few years we keep seeing the rise of, I'm going to say it greedy quarterback contracts, you know, and you know, Russell Wilson is one of them. Aaron Rodgers is one of them. Oh, these massive deals. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo got one that I would say is greedy for what, (laughs) what was seen of him to begin with, but these massive contracts that I think if any teams are silly enough to continue with them are going to squeeze them to the point where they're not going to be able to field the team around these quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think we are going to see, should these elite quarterbacks not be willing to be more team friendly, I'll put it, AKA less greedy. Um, I think we're going to see the rise of more potentially journeymen, more um, just young drafted quarterbacks on rookie contracts or potentially just, you know, guys that are more just okay. Um, being seen around the league whether they're kind of in and out or I don't know I just if if quarterbacks keep trying to demand this premium like they have been I just don't think teams can support it with their other players oh absolutely agree with you uh eventually it's not going to work anymore and I think what it is is right now we have a a certain Patrick Mahomes deal that I think everyone's looking at at least those elite guys and saying why am I not making that kind of money and everyone's trying to, I don't want to say compare themselves to that, but try to draw parallels to that and what they think their deals should be worth. And it's just not sustainable. And I completely agree with you. If it can't possibly continue on this trend before we start to see guys uh, switch teams a lot more often, put teams in really bad spots financially mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's makes it, it makes the off seasons all the more interesting, I guess, when there's all this stuff going on, but a lot of it anymore does come to the quarterback deals and the money they throw their way. Yeah. I do think it's interesting. Um, you know, if you look at, and I'm going to use him as an example, cause he's, he's got, you know, the rings right now to back it up, but I'm going to look at Tom Brady as a quarterback um, a lot of his contracts haven't been crazy, you know, like look at this, um, big money contracts. Yeah. They've been very team friendly contracts. That's something Brady's always done. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, look what it's resulted in seven Super Bowl rings. I mean, yeah. he helps, he, he, he knows what it takes to 
allow a team to be successful around him. And I just, yeah, I think sometimes these other guys don't think of it that way. And no offense. I love Russell Wilson to death, but he has put Seattle in a hell of position financially Mm -hmm. because of the huge contract he has. And, you know, obviously all the uncertainty that's swirling around that right now. So. Yeah, I, I am really, man, I, I, I am just really curious to see how this Russell Wilson thing plays out. I feel like, I feel like there's a couple of shoes that are waiting to drop right now. Cause there's a, there's a few quarterbacks that are kind of up in the air on where they're going to end up. And as weird as it sounds, I feel like the rumors around Russell Wilson, that is one shoe that once it drops, either, whether it be, you know, the big shock that he's, he's gone out of Seattle, which I still really think is unlikely, but is not un- impossible at the time. Once that shoe drops, whether he's staying or going, we are going to see the cascade of other quarterback news. It will be a domino effect. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, he did say that one of the four destinations, the only destinations he would approve a trade to was Dallas. Obviously that's not going to happen now, Yeah. but, uh, you know, Chicago is still the one being talked about a lot. Uh, there's still possibly new Orleans or Vegas, although those two haven't been talked about quite as much, but I don't know. Uh, I don't, Quite frankly, I don't want to think about this right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. If I'm being honest, uh, another thing that we wanted to touch on tonight, though, was just kind of free agency in general. Some notable names that are on the move or maybe not on the move in certain places as teams are starting to use or opt to not use their franchise tags right now. Uh, I think the biggest name, at least to me, is Kenny Galladay at the moment. Mm-hmm. with Detroit or no longer with Detroit or will not be with Detroit soon. The lions uh, are going to be parting ways with Galladay. And I think it's, as we said before going on air to each other, good for Galladay, dumb for the lions. <laughs> yep. Good for Galladay, dumb for Detroit. Yeah. I mean, I look at Detroit and think, this is a team that needs some sort of stability right now, because in 2021, they're going to be starting with a new coach and a new quarterback. Cause Jared Goff obviously came over in that trade with Matthew Stafford. Uh, it was something we talked about when initially talking about the Goff Stafford trade was that Stafford was going to a place that had many weapons around him where Goff was going to a place with few. And when I said few, I still thought of Galladay and now they don't even have that. So this Lions team, it's going to be rough this year, I think. Yeah, I um, I'm gonna. I don't think it's a hot take. I think the Lions are going for draft picks this next year. Yeah, they might just. They feel like they're definitely in just blow it up and rebuild mode right now. You know, new coach, which probably is going to mean a new offensive scheme, new playbook, new quarterback that's going to have to learn that you lose, I would say your best receiver now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not, it's not going to be a pretty season in Detroit. I, I don't think uh, as far as Galladay himself goes, I think he's going to be a hot commodity on the market. A team yep. is going to, he'll go somewhere and it'll be before long that he's found a new home. It won't be, it won't be like he's going to have to wait. Yeah. It's um, I, 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 do wonder where he's going to land. Um, Cause I think he would be a good addition 
to to a lot of to a lot of maybe offenses that are right there on the line that maybe just need you know a second wide receiver to take to take some of that heat off their off their star yeah i mean a team we just talked about dallas <laughs> yeah you never know what what jerry jones has got up his sleeve i guess so no kidding yeah, there's there's some interesting free agents out there. Maybe not huge names, but you know you have Ryan Fitzpatrick out there who is a free agent. Yeah. Um, I, I I actually am kind of curious to see where he goes. He's he actually had a pretty good season last year. So yeah, no, he for sure did. Uh, yeah, it's there's a lot of like we said notable names. Another one, uh, maybe not as notable anymore as it would have been six years ago, but the Giants released Golden Tate. You know, another I, guy I could see ending yeah. up in Dallas. <laughs> Um, a, a guy that I'm interested in just as a Seahawks fan is, uh, I don't think he's been officially released yet, but it sounds like it's going to happen. The chargers are quote unquote, actively shopping former pro bowl guard, Trey Turner. And I think the Seahawks absolutely should make a move there. You know, we've, I've talked about at length that the Seahawks need to address the offensive line now more than ever with JJ Watt in Arizona That'd be a great yep. first step in doing it. So I hope that we're on the phones with the Chargers trying to get a deal figured out. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I still I I don't know that the the Seahawks will do it, but yeah, you and me both. Uh, speaking of the Seahawks and free agency, they have opted not to use their franchise tag on either Chris Carson or Shaq Griffin. Although I read they. Seattle does have the intent to re-sign them both, but both of them are going to hit free agency with this. So uh, we'll see what the free agency market brings their way. I would honestly hate to see either of them go, but with what the, I, I honestly, I don't know what the Seahawks are about this off season. Yeah. So it's going to be hard to pin anything. And then your team has made some moves too. Yeah, we, um, I'm really happy. We were, we franchise tagged Chris Godwin so he's going to be staying. We still got Mike Evans, which, I mean, that's our huge receiving tandem. I'm really happy they're both staying. I think that does a lot for us in staying a, a competitive team and not having maybe as big of a Super Bowl hangover as we would. We have also restructured um, Levante Davis' deal, which is awesome. He's been with us for a long time. I would really like him to stay with us. I mean, I think it'd be awesome if he could retire a Buccaneer, but – that is hopefully many, 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 many years in the future. Yeah. Um, the one right now, though, if I if I can talk about things I'm a little worried about, I'm really hoping we can get Shaquille Barrett back. He We signed him to a one-year deal last year. Obviously, that's up. Um, and he has been a monster addition for our defense. I would really like him to stay. I really, really like him. And he's someone I still think Denver was – I understand why they had to do it, but I think they were a fool for doing it. And he's been playing his freaking mind out in Tampa. Yeah. And what's uh, what's your JPP situation look like? I think he is a free agent this year, although I might be one year off on remembering that deal. Um, hmm. I would I would try to keep that guy too, man. I would also <laughs> like to keep him as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of people on that team that are – um 
you know, were one or two year deals that are coming up. Like uh, Gronk is technically a free agent again. Although I have a hard time seeing him going anywhere else right now. I think he stays with Brady or maybe even retires again. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nagama Kansu, I still bad. I apologize, sir. Um, he's a free agent. Uh, I could definitely see him um, moving. He kind of, he, he bounces around. He's kind of a journeyman for defenses. Um, Antonio Brown, another free agent. One again that I, I kind I really have a hard time seeing him playing anywhere without Tom Brady right now. Not because like he's got his whole career with him like Gronk does, but I just think Tom Brady, as weird as it sounds, maybe is good for him. Uh, he yeah. seems like he just does better, better with him, I should say. Yeah. Um, you guys seem to, at least so far to me, being, are being able to handle the uh, post-Super Bowl keep everyone together task pretty well. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how you're able to maneuver through the rest of the free agency and offseason with it, but props so far, so good. And then uh, in other news – in your division in a former Buccaneer, the saints have released linebacker Quan Alexander, as well as wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders. So some pretty big names leaving new Orleans. Yeah. Quan Alexander. I really like him. Um, and he, when he played for us, he had some monster games. Uh, the biggest thing is he, he really has a hard time staying healthy. It's, I think, he had maybe one season where he played all games, but every other season he was, you know, torn ACL, um, other season ending injuries. And it continued when he, <clears throat> excuse me, went over to the 49ers and it, yeah, it, it's something that's really plagued his career. I like him, but it, it's one of those unfortunate things. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, guys with an injury history, it's always, it's tough for them come free agency because the team they're on usually does not want to continue to take a chance on that. It might make other teams more wary of taking a chance. But again, with a guy like Juan Alexander, he will end up somewhere. He's not going to go unsigned. So uh, yeah, it's kind of a pretty, I'd say typical free agency so far outside of JJ Watt's big deal which we did last week, but uh, you know, some, some notable guys that I think are going to very quickly find some new homes. It's uh, yeah, they're, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say interesting times in the NFL. It always is this time of year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that's all I have to say about free agency myself. Yeah. Uh, well, we've talked about Dak. We've talked about free agents. I guess it's time for shout outs. Nope. There's one other thing that we need to talk about because I'd be oh. really sad if we don't talk about okay. it. Okay. Okay. We need to talk about the disappointment that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh boy. I know where this is going. Um, we briefly spoke about it earlier and I'm sure my sound sounds bad. Cause my hand is just my, my face is just in my hands. <laughs> um, it's disappointing to see them resign Ben. Um, Big Ben is it's a bad move. That's 
yeah. I I could talk about it. We could talk about it more. It's nothing that no anybody any other sports show hasn't talked about. He's no longer got any mobility. He is. He's not good anymore. Yeah, uh, it's simple. I I think honestly he. I honestly think he looks at Drew Brees and Tom Brady as the other, you know, other people of that old guard, so to speak. It's like, man, if they can still do it, I can. He can't. No. This is nothing to do with the rape allegations, any of that. He is just no longer good. He's well past his prime. And for anyone who I guess doesn't agree with that, I would say go watch the playoff game against Cleveland from this last year or any numerous other games from this last season. He's not, he's just not the guy anymore. Yeah. Pittsburgh, I think Pittsburgh is so stuck on what he was back in the days of, you know, the late 2000s, early 2010s. They're stuck on that and they can't, they can't get that Ben out of their heads and they just think one more year and he'll, he'll uh, come through and he'll be that guy one last time. And he, this is not a guy that's going to ride off into the sunset. Okay. Like I'm sorry. He's just not, he is, he is a guaranteed hall of famer who is doing nothing but leaving a sour note on the end of his career. Yeah, it's time to call it on both ends. It's just time to move on. And Pittsburgh, I was talking about my dad with this probably about a week ago now. My dad, of course, a big Steelers fan. Uh, He wasn't overly critical of them re-signing Roethlisberger, but what he is overly critical about is that they have no plan B. You Mm -hmm. know, if something goes south, they, you know, Mason Rudolph, fun storyline sometimes, not the answer. Uh, You know, and this, that's good. They need to find somebody like right now that's going to be able to take the mantle moving forward because whether Ben is there another year or not, which he's going to be their their future is just foggy right now because they don't have any, anyone, no, no prodigy, no one sitting in the wings waiting to take it over i mean that's just it's a recipe for disaster maybe uh maybe they're gonna sign tyrod taylor and he'll he'll take over and ben's just there as the backup (laughs) that'd be something oh god i hope tyrod taylor gets gets another shot he got the raw end of the deal so hard he sure did uh pittsburgh could be the place for him too i mean you know uh, they're going to be another soap opera to watch for another season now though. Yep. I think so speaking, speaking of uh, it's, I'm going to segue right into my shout out. Um, not that he needs our publicity, I guess, because we're, we're small fish, but urinating tree on YouTube. He just released a video about uh, the, the Houston Oilers and kind of their final years and how much of a soap opera they were mm, still have yet to watch that. It's, it's great. Definitely give it a watch if you haven't already. Um, if you're a child listening to this, not suitable for children. There's some strong language. <laughs> Disclaimer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, great I, video. I have watched his YouTube videos before. You're the one who showed him to me, actually, way back when. Uh, love it. One of my favorite sports channels out there on YouTube. So that's a good shout out. 
Uh, I guess I will do my shout outs now. Yes, plural. I have a couple, uh, maybe even three, if if you'll allow it. I, I will allow it on this occasion. On this one occasion. Okay. All right. All right. So my first shout out, it was not a shout out I planned to give this week until Tuesday night. Uh, the Oral Roberts basketball team, men's basketball team. Uh, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. We got a little love from them. Did we? Yeah, I tweeted a thing out as I have been with all of the college basketball teams that are punching their ticket to March Madness right now. They won the Summit League Championship last night over North Dakota State, held off a furious rally in the second half by the Bison, made a game-saving and ceiling block at the end in the final seconds to win and go back to March Madness for the first time since 2008. Shout out to them for that and also for retweeting us talking oh, about cool. them. So cool. I did not see that. Yeah, we got a little love from the Oral Roberts Golden Eagles. I they're I want them to they're my Cinderella this year. Come on, boys. Let's let's go make a run. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to give them a shout out. Uh sticking with basketball. My second shout out is to Anthony Simons of the Trailblazers of my boys. He won the NBA slam dunk contest this last weekend during the all-star break. Uh, first trailblazer to win the NBA slam dunk contest. He, I, I watched it. He had some pretty damn impressive, uh, impressive dunks there. Uh, some people thought he shouldn't have won. I was all about it. He even slapped on the old Tracy McGrady Raptors Jersey for one of his dunks. So you did give a little callback to McGrady's fantastic slam dunk contest back in 2000 and I don't know if you've seen the picture or not but there's one where he got so close to the rim on one of his dunks where he almost kissed it he tried to kiss it midair <laughs> I did not see that so shout out to him and then just I feel like it's a shout out uh, that I can give on behalf of both of us being from MSU shout out to our Bobcats basketball team as they begin big sky tournament play on Thursday afternoon, they play Idaho State. Let's uh, let's go get it, boys. Win three games and let's go dancing. That'd be pretty awesome. I agree. So there's my there's my three shoutouts. All basketball. Very nice. All right. Well, we said we were going to keep this episode a little bit shorter tonight. I think we've successfully done that. We're out of stuff to talk about unless you've got anything, any last minute things you got to get off your chest. Uh, not this week. I do not. All right. Well, I think with that, we're going to close up shop on this bad boy for another week. But like I said, stay tuned for especially next week's episode. We got a treat for you guys with uh, March Madness coming up. Uh, we won't we won't divulge any more information until then. But thank you all for listening, for tuning in with us for another Thursday. We'll publish for you every Thursday morning, bright and early on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts. Listen to us wherever you'd like to. Drop us a follow on Twitter at the expansion BU1. We are certified by Oral Roberts now. So if you don't follow us, what are you doing? And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, thank you all for listening, for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. We've been the expansion buddies and never forget. Party Lakes 1976.